0: Brian Smith here, and welcome to the Dream Path Podcast, where I try to get inside the heads of talented creatives from all over the world. My goal is to demystify and humanize the creative process, and make it accessible to everyone. Now let's jump in. Brother Jason Moore, welcome to the podcast, my friend. Thanks for asking me back, Brian. I wouldn't have it any other way.
1: Well, that's good. That makes me feel special.
0: (laughs) You are special, man.
1: (laughs) Oh, I know, in, in, in a lot of different ways, yeah. Well, we're here to talk
0: about quite a few things that have happened on the podcast over the last week or so. We have had some bonus episodes on top of a regularly scheduled episode because of several films that have been released and publicists that have asked us to release interviews to coincide with the launch and the theatrical premieres of certain films. So, uh, we're not just going to be talking about the Justin Connor interview, we're going to be talking about Carlson Young, Isom Ennis, Castile Landon, and of course, Justin Connor. Right on. So, let's talk about, in chronological order, Carlson Young and Isom Ennis. What'd you think of that interview?
1: Well, I think the interview went great with Carlson Young and her husband Isom Ennis. Turned out really well considering, you know, how it was recorded, recorded on Zoom. Uh, It's your second interview that involved interviewing two people at once, and I think you pulled it off nicely. Thanks, brother. It, It went very well. I'm impressed with people like Carlson Young. She's so young. She's like only 30 or something like that and has achieved so much already, and it just blows me away. She seems like a very determined, passionate creator, and I've yet to see the blazing world, but I have seen clips, and it looks amazing. And Isom Innes is also a very super talented musician. And I think we'll be hearing more from them in the near future, for sure. I agree. It's really fun to talk to young people
0: who are just hitting it out of the park creatively. And Carlson is one of those folks who, she's an actress, very accomplished in terms of her filmography on television and film. But she dove into writing and directing with this film, The Blazing World, first the short version, which made it into Sundance, and then the feature-length version, which made it into Sundance as well. And uh, it's it's really special to be able to talk to people who are doing it. They, they've dived in headfirst into a very difficult arena. Yeah. To write something out of thin air. I know she had the inspiration from this 1666 prose, but to really take a story like that, ambitious story to tell visually, and to do it, to go to Austin and shoot this thing in the middle of a pandemic with name actors, make it into the festival. It's just an inspiring story. So, I was really happy that she sat down with us and it was a little nerve-wracking going in to have two guests who kind of have different roles in the film. And um, normally for a guest like Issa Minnis, who is um, someone I would want to interview solo in his own right, just based upon his musical career with Foster the People and everything that he's done creatively on his own. I was worried about how to pull that off, how to talk to both of them together at the same time about this project and about their own individual contributions and what they're doing outside of film. Right, And it worked great because they're married. So right. I think that made it a little easier.
1: Yeah, well, you pulled it off. I mean, it, it, it came out well, the video came out well, audio came out well, so good job, Brian.
0: Thanks, man. So the next interview we're recapping is Justin Connor. What'd you think of that one?
1: Well, it <laughs> is absolutely amazing. Justin Connor was someone I had never heard of before. And it's funny listening to the interview when I first heard about The Golden Age, I had seen the trailer on the internet somewhere. And this was this was actually quite a, quite a ways back before you connected with him and, and even did the interview. I didn't realize it was a mockumentary when I saw it. It seemed like a real documentary and I had to look up Maya O'Malley. <laughs> <laughs> Just like Justin had said, you know, people were looking it up, wondering who this guy was. I did and then realized what was going on and who Justin Connor was but I didn't realize he actually wrote and recorded all of the songs on that album and did them live during the creation of the movie. It, it just blows me away. He did it in character, basically. And to me, the songs stand alone on their own as just a great songs, good album, very well-written. And he's got two albums out that are outstanding.
0: Yeah, his debut album, Kaliug. And uh, the Golden Age soundtrack, both rock-solid albums on their own, as you said. Oh, yeah. They don't need an accompanying film to be worth checking out on Apple streaming or uh, Amazon Music or purchasing the CD or or digital downloads. It's so great to talk to people like Justin, who I call Justin a polymath, creatively. Yeah. Someone who just can do it all. Uh, Songwriting, acting screenwriting producing directing so he takes this idea of a rockumentary and adds some comedy and drama to it and turns it into something completely unique and i was just like you jason i was googling who is this my o'malley guy why (laughs) why haven't i heard of him and it was cool actually to for a moment not know what i was watching and i think that's great to be Surprised like that by filmmakers and artists who take something, they put it out there, and then the audience is on this journey to really kind of figure out what it is they're watching. And it's a nice, pleasant surprise to find out that this is something that is um, very autobiographical in terms of his own personal journey spiritually. Right. And he was able to explore themes of childhood trauma and kind of resolving. Uh, grievances with his parents throughout this journey through India, yep. and it was just a fun film to watch. And I've talked about this a lot on social media, but the connection I made with Justin was really cool because there's certain people that you talk to, and, and I kind of alluded to this in the last recap after we spoke to Justin, but there are certain people in the world where you talk to them and you just instantly know that there's a connection, that you're kind of in the same orbit. Right. You have the same values and and it's fun to talk to people like that because the relationship at that point continues on
1: beyond the interview that's already happened with justin nice yeah he's he's a visionary man. I mean, can you imagine just thinking through this this idea and executing that idea the way he did? It's amazing, yeah, and shooting it over such a long period of time too right well, that added to the, the kind of the the film, you know, the aging process of him and, and the transformation. Yeah, and I think that that was a big part of it. Yeah, it was a lot of
0: fun to talk to to Justin in that context, and maybe we can bring him back for uh, a reconnect down the road after his next project. I know he's releasing his third studio album in twenty twenty two. He's also publishing a companion book to the Golden Age film coming out this spring. So maybe we can chat with him again and reconnect on the podcast.
1: I hope so. I'd like to see uh, a continuation of the Maya O'Malley story. Yeah, me too. Like a golden age too. Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> 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 yep. little breakdancing in there. <laughs> little breakdancing reference. You know what? I bet you Justin Connor could learn how to breakdance. I mean, the guy can learn how to do anything, you know? Maybe I could challenge Justin to a breakdance
0: contest because I did take lessons as an 11-year-old. That's right. You did. You told me that.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I've still got it, man. Yeah. Still got the skills. I couldn't even do the moonwalk, man. I tried to do the centipede and almost hurt my back. You know, pretty pathetic.
0: (laughs) 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 All right. Well, the last episode we have to recap is Castile Landon, last but not least. What'd you think of that
1: one? Well, I thought Castile Landon, I mean, she just absolutely blows me away. Again, like Carlson Young- She's accomplished so much for such a young woman, and she's super intelligent. Her list of movies and TV shows that she's been involved in, i was just pretty impressed. When I was researching Castile before the interview, I
0: kept finding little nuggets, taking notes on all of these impressive accomplishments, and I was wondering to myself, am I going to be able to get through all of this? There's so much to talk about. I mean, there's her acting career, 25 credits on IMDb just in acting. And Then there's her degree from Harvard and then her master's degree from Oxford. Amazing. And she actually directed, I think, two films while she was going to college. Wow. So, she was doing remote learning shooting films in bulgaria as she's attending oxford university in the creative writing program just those accomplishments alone justify an interview on the podcast but then you have the fact that she wrote and directed fear of rain starring madison eisman harry connick jr Catherine heigl israel broussard i mean all of these big name actors but more importantly big important themes like mental illness and schizophrenia In the context of a psychological thriller. Uh, A lot of fun to watch that movie, so check it out when you can. Okay. It's out on Apple Streaming and Amazon. Castile was a very impressive guest, and I could not help but marvel at the fact that she is 29 years old, so before age 30, has written and directed three films, and directed two additional films that we didn't even really have time to talk about the after series that she just completed this is a writer and director who was going to be making an impact in the film world for decades to come absolutely so now that we have talked about the last three episodes i wanted to share something with you okay that i don't think you know about me and that doesn't happen very often because we know each other pretty well okay but I have been doing something on the side Oh that I'd like to share with you. You're cheating on me. Are you worried? <laughs> <laughs> what do you got going on? I'm taking voice lessons. Hey, right on, man. Yeah, there is a guy out of New York. His name is Claude Stein. I remember hearing about Claude Stein. He is a voice coach. You may recall that... We had an interview with Claude. We did. Long, long time ago. And for technical reasons, we weren't able to play that interview. This is back when I was a puppy podcaster and was not adept technologically on recording remote interviews. And so I just was not able to capture the audio in a way that made it sound good enough to put out there. Right. But nonetheless, I maintained that relationship with Claude and recently started taking voice lessons with him. So I don't think I'm ever going to. Sing on the podcast, but what he's helping me with is more than just trying to sing a song. He's actually helping me with finding my voice and articulating and enunciating in ways that I think and hope will make me a better speaker and a better podcaster and a better interviewer. so that's what I'm doing. I'm pretty excited about it
1: well i want to I want to hear you sing, man. You probably don't think so, but when I've heard you sing, you actually have a pretty good voice, so. It's only uphill from here. Thanks, man. For me, singing
0: is more about just a personal creative journey. I don't have any aspirations to sing on stage or to record anything that I'm going to put out there, but um, I think it helps me express myself and get out of my head in a way. Mm-hmm. The same thing happens when I'm playing guitar or playing piano or writing songs. The more things I can do creatively that get me out of my head the better. And so that's why I'm trying to explore taking voice lessons so that I can feel more confident with my own voice. Well, I'm, I'm proud of you, Brian. Yeah. And maybe one of these days I will share a, a song with you and maybe we'll put it on the podcast and hopefully not get sued by any record companies. <laughs> oh man,
1: no doubt. So what do we have coming up next, Jason? Well, we have a couple of interviews coming up. The first one will be a bonus episode that is coming out this Friday, the 26th, with screenwriter and director Keith Thomas. Yes,
0: his film, The Vigil, which is a horror film, is going to be out on video on demand, I think on February 26th. And I interviewed him recently about that film and found him to be fascinating because this is a guy who is completely off of the social media radar. So don't even try to find him on social media. Oh, wow. The the reason you cannot find him is he's too busy creating. He's writing, he's directing films. And he wrote and directed this film, The Vigil, which is in a genre of horror that I really appreciate. It's kind of a minimalist approach to horror movies where the locations are minimal, So, there's very few locations. Mm -hmm. There are just a couple of characters in the film that have most of the screen time and not a lot of dialogue. So, it's really fun to see what horror directors can do with situations like this. And I'm not going to give away the premise too much, but in the Jewish religion, there is someone called a Shomer who was hired to watch and look after dead bodies. In this film, The Vigil, a Shomer... Is hired to do that to watch over a dead body, mm-hmm. and I'll just say without giving away too much of the premise and the plot that horror ensues. So I was really surprised what the director could do with this premise and how scary he could make it. And I'm not the only one because Stephen King watched this film. You'll hear Keith talking about this on the podcast, but Stephen King watched it and liked it so much that he approved, Keith, to direct the upcoming remake of Firestarter with Drew Barrymore. Oh, you're kidding. Yeah, and I say with Drew Barrymore because that was the original film that starred Drew Barrymore. I do not know, and Keith would not tell me in the interview whether Drew is going to be brought back for the remake, but that was kind of a culturally iconic film back in the day, and um, what an honor to be picked by Stephen King to direct the remake of that film.
1: That is absolutely amazing. I think that's a testament to what a skilled filmmaker and screenwriter Keith is. No doubt. I mean, <laughs> Stephen King, as, as a horror film director, screenwriter, that has to feel good. Yeah. Blessed him to remake Firestarter.
0: Unbelievable. I don't know that you can hit it out of the park better than that. I don't think so. So after Keith Thomas, the bonus episode, what do we have
1: after that? we'll be doing our 100th episode with the folks at Moosecat Studios.
0: Yeah, that was interesting. I'm not gonna to preview too much about that episode, but I'll just say I've been trying to expand beyond the filmmaker and musician interviews and talk to folks who are helping artists and musicians get their work out there. And Carly Rosenthal and Mike Post from Moosecat Recording Studios graciously agreed to talk to me about what they do to help musicians record their music. And they're musicians and performers themselves, so they they fit really nicely on Dream Path Podcast in their own right, in terms of their own creative work mm-hmm. and the music that they put out there. Right. But they also have this expertise with a traditional recording studio and that experience of being in a studio with a band and helping them create the music that they want to put on a record. So I learned a lot talking to both of them. And I think it's a perfect way to launch our 100th episode by talking to Carly and Mike at Moosecat Recording Studios. I think it's perfect. Can you believe it? 100 episodes. Boom. Yeah, it is hard to believe, Jason, that we have done this for 100 episodes now. And there's no sign that we're slowing down anytime soon. Right on. Still fun. So as long as I get up every morning and I'm excited about what we do, I'm going to keep at it.
1: You know, the getting up in the morning is important.
0: (laughs) Well, okay. (laughs) That's the most important part. If I get up in the afternoon and I'm still excited about what I'm doing, hey, (laughs) let's keep doing this thing.
1: (laughs) The afternoon, huh? (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm a morning guy, but I, you know, I do like to sleep in on the weekends. Yeah. I've become a morning person. It's not, not great.
0: All right, brother. Well, thank you for talking to me again on the Duocast. Really looking forward to launching these next interviews and working up to
1: our 100th episode. Well, thanks for inviting me back, Brian. I appreciate it. Good chatting with you, brother. You too, man. Hey, thank you for listening. And I hope
0: you enjoyed today's episode. If so, I have a favor to ask. Can you go to wherever you listen to podcasts and leave me a review? Your feedback is what keeps this podcast going. You can also check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook with the handle at DreamPathPod. And as always, go find your dream path.